Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Well, and this was always the inherent problem with the Giants, why maybe before the year, none of us expect them to be in this position of playoff race anyway, which was when people talk about the Giants' lack of talent, they have some really good top-end talent in positions. Two of those guys were Dory Jackson and Xavier McKinney. The problem is, after Dory Jackson, they go from full-blown legitimate QB1 in the NFL to QB threes and fours at best. They don't have another guy that can elevate and fill that up. And for as good as he was off the scrap heap, I mean, let's face it, the bloom is now coming off the rose a little bit on Fabian Moreau as he tries to fill the shoes of a Dory Jackson, getting killed all over the field yesterday. McLeod's not within three steps of A.J. Brown on that touchdown. The Giants, yeah. and, and, it, and it's almost unfair to Wink Martindale. Wink Martindale, when he has basically half the field taken away, doesn't have to worry about what a Dory Jackson is. If he gets beat, he gets beat. But for the most part, for 60 minutes, he's going to give you that effort. There's only so much you could do. And and if you're just a second late on getting home to Hurts yesterday, that's what's disheartening me, Paul. And look, I hope Adoree Jackson is ready to play versus Washington. But the tape is out there right now. And the commanders, by the way, already just got to look at the Giants, got a week to rest up, and haven't had another game to examine any other tape since, which you got to figure helps in the commander's advantage too. If Adoree Jackson is not on that football field, I'm sure Heineke's rubbed his hands together going, I got to get McLaurin involved even more than I got him involved last week. That injury, and and look, it's hindsight. You can't go back and crush the punt return forever. It, it's completely changed the trajectory of the last month of the season. There's no doubt. And to be frank with you, it was compounded by the earlier injury to Aaron Robinson, True. who I truly True. believe is a cornerback number two. Right. Right, and the reason we're not going to kick and scream at Aaron Robinson is he still had to prove it. It sucks that he got hurt, and we couldn't really see it. But you're right. I mean, look, you keep going down the thinness. It just kills you. I, I mean, there were times it just it felt like it was 11 on 8 yesterday. It, that That's yeah. the way it felt. It just – and that's what bothers me. It's just, yes, I want to go nuts and get pumped up, and I will be. And I know I'll sit there with the pom-poms. I'll probably paint my face blue and be all revved up Sunday night. But right now I sit there, look at it, and go, they should beat the commanders. I think they're more talented. But you know what? Like. Right now, that's going to be tough to pick yourself off the mat. They need guys back. And then after that, who knows? Who knows? It's a big game, and you want to be in big games at this time, and all of this is much better than what we've had the last couple of years. But the way they lost yesterday, not the fact that they did lose, I think is what has kind of ripped my heart out a little bit this morning. 
I understand the emotions are getting a little bit too involved in, in your thought process, CC, here, and why not? I get it. I totally understand that. I would also tell you this, though. If you want to take something out of the game yesterday, just a little something, look at the fact that the defensive line and the pressure package up front did get to Jalen Hurts four times. They Sacking did. Jalen Hurts four times against that offense and that offensive line should give you a little bit of a better feel. And they did it without Leonard Williams. Yeah, and, and Thibodeau finally got a freaking holding call, which tells you he's starting to believe yeah. a little bit in the league, which was great. Uh, Ojolari got knocked around a bit in the run game, but clearly his bend and burst and physicality in, in the pass rush, I mean, he's been a complete, complete huge addition to the team. So that's a, that's a good part of it. Now, Paul, the negatives to this game yesterday, and there are quite a few. Let's just start with one. The one I will forgive, but it's just almost unbelievable is what happened to Julian Love on that fourth and seven. Now, Love has been a heart and soul warrior guy, doesn't miss tackles, so he's going to get the benefit of the doubt. Smart player, to too. Right. That is arguably the worst play of Julian Love's career and, of course, just shines a light on the problem where he, again, Julian Love, you know, you're going from a guy who at one point last year was the fourth safety, has done such a good job, captain, everything like this, and now he's asked to do so much more with McKinney out Maybe a sense of just trying to do too much with the Band-Aid group of the secondary and just wasn't thinking the way he fundamentally thinks. But that is an error that just can never happen on a fourth and seven. Yeah, I'm going to try to rationalize this for you, Sean, because I know Julian well and I know how sound a football player he is. And the tape that he's put out there certainly shows you that he's going to make the smart play. But, you know, later on in the game, because I've already gone back and looked at some of the TV tape, uh, Daryl Johnston said, we knew going in, and I think it kind of went along the lines of what we were saying, certainly how I felt, Philadelphia was going to have to do more to lose the game than than anything else to keep the Giants competitive. The Giants were going to need at least two, probably three or four turnovers to even have a fighting chance to win. So I think Julian Love, in that spot, the smart play, the savvy football play, is it's fourth and seven. Play the man and yeah. not the ball. Now stop Make there, sure stop there near midfield. Make... Yeah, stop there yeah. near midfield. It's better than a Exactly. Turnover. Now that's the play. That's the football play. Play the man. Make the pass incomplete. You got the ball at midfield. That's, that's the savvy football play. Okay? But instead, what does he tell everybody in the press conference? Oh, I thought I had the angle. I thought I had the ball. I was going for the pick. Well, what he didn't say, and I'm going to read his mind a bit here, he went for the pick because he knew in his head, we've got to get a handful of turnovers to have a chance in hell of winning this game. So I'm going for the pick to make the big play. The problem with that logic is that even if he intercepts the ball, the Giants get the ball at probably the 20 because I don't see him making a big return off right. of the positioning that he had. Right. You see? So so to me, even though he was thinking, we've got to turn over Hurts and I got to get interceptions, we got to get takeaways, that's going to really give us a chance and help us out. Even in that line of thought, I don't think he's helping them out because if you just knock the ball down or get in the way, even if he just ran in front of the receiver, there's not going to call pass interference because the ball was right there. The yeah. Giants would have got the ball near midfield. Right. So everything about his thinking was flawed 
although I think I understand his intentions. Yeah, I mean, I understand his intentions. And again, I I, I really believe, and maybe I'm nuts, I don't think that Julian Love has a mental lapse like that if those other guys are in the lineup. It's just, at some point, it's just too much. The, the green dot, everything, the, you know, these young guys all over, the, it's just too much. It's too much for him. Um, and he's done a great job behind, he's allowed a mistake. It just was so brutally crystallized in that moment. So that happens. And clearly then the next drive where the giants do nothing again, offensively, they go to punt. And this is where the special teams just catastrophic errors start. What the heck is Jamie Gillen thinking? What is he thinking? Look, I didn't know the rule, but something tells me an NFL punter, there's only so many rules you need to know. Can you not drop kick it? Can he just try to make a play, run with it, something like that? What I couldn't believe, and look, it's NFL rules. A drop kick on a punt suddenly in that moment becomes the most seriously penalized play I've ever seen in the NFL, Paul, because not only is it a loss of down where you can't redo the punt, they're going to push you back 10 yards past that when it was already, you know, you basically could blow it dead at that point and go under. The fact that they lose yards and that, Somehow going backward, drop kicking a punt is a worse penalty than like pass interference or personal fouls. It was insane. I actually uh, communicated with Jeff Fiegels, uh, who should be in the Hall of Fame and, and a very dear friend of mine, one of my broadcast partners for many years this morning. And I, I tried to rationalize this whole thing with him. And all he said was it happened to him once way back when early in his career uh, against the Dolphins. Uh, and he had done a similar thing and got called for it. We could not explain exactly why the NFL legislates it like they do. Other than if a ball is on the ground, right? The only thing I could think of, the ball's loose on the ground like on, on a fumble scenario. And you'll see a guy sometimes try to kick it because he wants to make sure the other team doesn't recover it. Right. And so there is a very costly penalty for that and they're using that exact rule it's against the, the same punter play. right we're just yeah. seeing it differently because it's a punt and a guy who actually kicks the ball exactly yeah, right now okay. they're re- they're legislating it exactly the same way for consistency's sake i just wonder and i know they're not going to do this because i would i would if it was me and i think there are many rules in the nfl rule book that need to be cleaned up we haven't had that discussion but that would take about three weeks yeah um, I, I I would like to see them legislate it differently for a punter so that a punter yeah. has the opportunity, if he can still kick it, let him kick it for God's sakes. Right. I thought it was a hell of an athletic play that he was able to right. actually kick the ball off the bounce. Or, yeah, or if you do a dead ball there, you don't get the 10 yards after it. I mean, basically the team's already been penalized enough, but whatever. I mean, I mean that happened. Now, really the granddaddy of them all, people will fo- focus on the fumble punt. To give up, and of course it's Boston Scott because basically he only does anything versus the Giants. To give up of that course. kick. To give of course. Up that, I mean, Paul, to get a little juice back, Giants maybe, maybe, at least even to make the game interesting in the second half, they score their 21-7. How do you give up that kick return? In a league where nothing gets returned anymore, how does the special teams give up that kind of kick return in that spot? I couldn't believe there are no flags on the field. I mean, that Above all, even the game was 21-0, 21-7, and maybe the game was already over. That, to me, was the most unacceptable gut punch of the whole afternoon. Yeah, 21-7, uh, 247 left in the first half. 
Uh, and maybe, just maybe, that's the one time the whole day that you might have felt a little spark, right? Just right. maybe. And then he goes 66 yards and immediately puts them in field goal range at the Giants' 35. And, of course, they wound up settling for the field goal. But the bottom line was this. Uh, if there was any spark whatsoever, it was extinguished on that on that kick yeah. return. Um, I'm with you. But, but again, what's the first thing that happens when your team is ravaged with injuries, especially, especially in the defensive backfield? Your special teams will suffer. That's as automatic. Yeah. Every head coach will tell you that. The first thing that suffers when your secondary is hurt is your special teams will crumble because you've got guys who are now trying to do too much. You're moving guys up on the depth chart. You've got other guys playing specials. Yeah, things get lost in translation. Specials. And ironically, your secondary is partially hurt because of playing guys on specials. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. The chicken or the egg, Paul, the chicken or the egg. Now, you, know, you know what, Sean? Here's the, here's the only problem here, and I get the emotions of all of this, and the reality is it all smells bad. Because when rotten eggs are all over your floor, your floor smells bad. I yeah. get it. I get it. The problem is there's a lot of logic that explains all of it. It's terrible, Paul. But still, I know the logic explains it. Just I can't. I don't know. It's been an emotional two days. You lose to the. I'm tired of losing to the Eagles too. I hate the Eagles more than the Cowboys. I'm just so tired of getting my ass kicked by the Eagles year in and year hey, out. Well, let's see now. Now, see to be fair, the last two trips Philly made to MetLife Stadium. They beat them. Years the Giants won. Yeah.